Hello semi-lockdown sufferers and bubble-making boys and girls, and welcome to episode 7 of the Bad Things Podcast, where we ride the bus through low culture, making stops at Bullshit Boulevard, rather insensitive road, before making an emergency stop to have a piss-up at Clusterfuck Common. My name is Nathan Packham, and I'm joined today once again by the visual king, or maybe Prince Charles or Prince Andrew, of bad <laughs> things, Mr. Jacob Simmons. Generic salutations to you, Jacob. G- generic salutations to you. Did you just com- compare me to a potential paedophile? Oh, oh, gee, oh, if we weren't getting sued already, we're really <laughs> in it now. We're going said, off okay. the ultimate elite. Alleged. Alleged wrong yeah. He is an alleged wrong um, um, still, we can I'd go to Woking not. now as well. If we, if we <laughs> want to go to Woking Pizza Express, that is open for us yeah, now. Yeah, it's reopened. It reopened yesterday. Uh, congratulations to the fine folk at Woking Pizza Express. Uh, how are you, sir? I am ambiguous. <laughs> I I don't know what lockdown. Well, we didn't know what it meant before. Now I've. Re- I do, it's just not lockdown anymore. So it's um, sort of it's it's lockdown, but we can go to the pub. And if we do go to the pub, we'll have to be on edge the whole time. So it sort of defeats the point of going to the pub. So Yeah, my, I think the, the question that I and the listeners probably want to know is, when are you getting a hairy haircut? <laughs> I think... I've actually been having uh, some uh, in-house haircuts, courtesy of my housemate. So uh, big up mm-hmm. to my housemate Sally. Uh, I cut my, my first haircut in lockdown, I did by myself. Uh, but on evaluation by Sally, she called it, quote-unquote, a disaster. So I won't be doing that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in absolutely no rush to go to any of any amenities. Um, I'm quite happy in my little bubble of one. Um, and I urge anyone who is even thinking about going out to any sort of public venue to think twice about it, because I'm, de- I'm deathly afraid. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to go out, to be honest. <laughs> Nathan is recording this from the pub as we speak. He's been in the Salmon and Ball all weekend. I I will say that yesterday I avoided all human beings and I just mm. uh, I just went to Morrison's and then got myself home. <laughs> so um, I were the pre everyone... were the pre baked were the pre baked baguettes in stock. And I I probably haven't had a pre baked like I've had a pre baked baguette maybe every day for the last a hundred <laughs> days at least. That is so much. So many white carbs have entered your body. Yep, still looking trim, so I don't <laughs> mind. Oh, um, back to bad things related <laughs> content. Uh, we are back on music today with a rather serious TV crossover after our study of the vagine <laughs> in lesbian vampire killers uh, for another fan voted review. And what are our listeners putting us through today, Jacob? Uh, well, on the subject of listeners, before we get going, thank you to everyone who left so many nice comments about the Lesbian Vampire Killers episode. It's probably our, our best-reviewed episode to date, so thank you everyone who uh, sent their messages to us saying how much they enjoyed it, and hopefully you'll enjoy this as much, because we are diving back into the world of reality TV, but we are focusing on the big one this week, probably the biggest reality TV show in British history. We're tackling the X Factor because this is part one of Louis Boys, <laughs> and we're, we're going after possibly the most divisive X Factor contestants of all time, John and Edward Grimes, a.k.a. Bloody Jedward. 
<laughs> Do you know what? I hadn't even written down their full names in the notes, I don't think. Have you the not? Grimes Brothers. The Grimes Brothers. Oh, God. We must make an apology, first of all. We did promise you that we might... Well, no, sorry. Might and promise don't don't work. <laughs> well, you sound we, like the uh, you sound like a member of the government at this rate. <laughs> we we were going to look into the works of Owen Quigg, um, but I started. Sorry, to sorry, who who? So, well, if you want to say Yorgan, you can, but that's highly disrespectful. Um, Yorgan. We realised that he's actually a Simon Cal guy. I yep. had no idea this was the case. Um, apologies for our blatant xenophobia here. He's actually just Irish, but he wasn't uh, a part of Louis's category for that year. So we will be skipping over Owen Quigg and maybe have him re-enter as an album entry uh, down the line, potentially. But of course, Jacob, it's time for the best part of any of our podcasts, the bit where we don't talk about the thing we're actually talking about. <laughs> Uh, before we dive straight into Jedward, let's get into the prehistory of Michael Louis Vincent Walsh. Now, Jacob, what did you discover about Michael Louis Vincent Fontaine Walsh uh, in in your research? So, uh, Louis Walsh, as he's professionally known, uh, well, before I started doing the research, obviously I knew who he was. He, he is a household name in Britain through his appearances on The X Factor. He... Um, he's one of the original judges, I think, uh, and has sort of been on and off it throughout the entire run of the show. Uh, I didn't know that he actually got his big break in the 80s managing uh, Johnny Logan, who <laughs> is the only person in history to win Eurovision three times. Wow. He won, it, he won it twice as a singer, once in 1980 and once in 1987, and won it again in 1992 as a composer. So he is the most successful man in Eurovision history and a massive massive star in Ireland I think that's correct uh, he's he's basically royalty in Ireland uh, and Louis was his manager back in the 80s um, and then other than that he uh, he's mostly known for managing boy bands I believe yeah I've actually never what was his name <laughs> Johnny Logan. Johnny yeah, Logan. I, I don't think I've ever heard of that guy. Have you I'm not? not going to lie. No. Oh, uh, he he is very famous to people of a certain age. I think if you grew up in the eighties, you'll know who Johnny Logan uh, is. Yeah. No. No such luck for me. I'm a millennial. <laughs> You're not that old. Um, so Louis Walsh was born on the fifth of August, nineteen fifty-two. He is currently sixty-seven years old. <laughs> he looks amazing. Right? Let's get this out of the way early. He doesn't look nearly 70. I haven't seen him since 2011, so I have no <laughs> idea what he looks like now. He looks basically the same. Uh, you did better than me in finding out about his his history before Boyzo, because I could find nearly nothing <laughs> apart from some shady details about him moving to Dublin and somehow getting into the music industry. There was uh, an interview with him on um, RTE, the Irish national yeah. broadcaster, where he talks about Johnny Logan. Uh, and seeing him in the 80s with, like, a huge head of hair is one of the most surreal experiences of my entire life. Does he have a mullet? Uh, no, it's almost like an afro. It's almost like oh, a perm. Wow. It's sort of like a Kevin Keegan-style perm. Um, so after this Johnny Logan success, I'm saying it like I know the guy is now, <laughs> um, he, he saw the success of Take That and uh, decided to create an Irish version uh, settling on the name Boyzone and selling a preposterous amount of records. Jacob, do you have any Boyzone favourites? Um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go for the basic bitch choice of Picture of You. 
Right, uh, yeah. Because I don't really know that many Boyzone tracks, but Picture of You is an absolute banger. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Ronan Keating's solo tracks. <laughs> I what, love the him. two of them. Hey, he's got. I could name at least four. <laughs> right, let's, all, let's do it. Great. Go. Oh, Christ. Um, so there's uh, Life is a Roller Coaster, which I don't rate that much. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I much prefer um, uh, "Loving Each Day." That's that's one of the best pop songs of the last ten years for me. Um, well, might be probably fifteen at this rate because it, it has one of the best intros in pop history. Oh, come on, yeah! Wow, uh, yeah. I don't think I've heard that song. Have so you heard that song? no. Oh, it's um, really good. He, he must um, be, he's known for his refrains, because the, obviously the legendary bit in Life is a Roller Coaster is the bit where he's like, all night long. <laughs> uh, and there's the ballad When You Say Nothing At All. Yep. Uh, which uh, my mum used to sing to me as a child, so I have very fond memories of that song. Uh, and he put out a song recently called This Little Thing Called Love, which is okay. So I I actually had to watch that for work, and I was like, "What is this second-rate James Blunt bollocks?" <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was okay. horrible, horrible, <laughs> too much sentiment. Too um, much sentiment. I I have a boys' own related anecdote. Oh, okay. Um, okay I go. when I was about four years old, one of my birthday gifts was the "You Needed Me" single. <laughs> Uh, single. Yeah, and um, <laughs> there is footage of me unwrapping this present and being disgusted by the fact I've received this single. And I, I say at the age of, I think it's four or five, I can't remember, I say, that is the worst single! <laughs> and uh, subsequently give it to my sister. So, God, you really have never changed, have you? I have never changed. <laughs> always, always out looking for pop bollocks. That's my... Uh, <laughs> That's my MO. Um, who gets, sorry, so, no offence, but who gets somebody a, a single for their for their Christmas present? That uh, was the CD era. That's what happened. Yeah. How much did I they spend on you? 99p? I wasn't ready for albums at that age. <laughs> um, so, despite their success, Louis fell out big time with Boyzone. Uh, but they're, they're, there's some quite extraordinary footage on the internet. Of them reconciling, uh, taking part in a ghost hunting with Louis Walsh and Boyzone episode in Edinburgh. Um, <laughs> I got through about three minutes of this and turned it off. Um, the the thought of Louis Walsh going down three layers of Edinburgh, as they described it, was just too much. Um, on a sadder note, this was the last TV appearance of Stephen Gately, who died abroad oh, uh, six weeks later. Mm, um, I remember that. I remember reading about that in the papers at school. Uh, it's probably one of the first like celebrity deaths I was ever aware of. Mm. Stephen Gately died preposterously young. Poor, yes. poor guy. I think was it early thirties, mid thirties? Yeah, if that. Um, very, very sad. Um, yeah. Oh, jeez, I don't know how to recover from that. Now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. In in better news, uh, Louis uh, repeated his success with the uh, the follow his follow up boy band, essentially the same thing <laughs> with uh, with more sitting on stalls. Uh, it was Westlife, yeah. uh, another absolute, I think probably more successful uh, band. Uh, and it, as as Louis repeats things, I'm also going to repeat what I said about Boyzone. Uh, Jacob, any favourite Westlife tunes? 
Um, well, can I ask you a question first? So, do you know how many number one singles Westlife have had? I reckon it's easily double figures, if not oh, more. Easily. So, the record is uh, Elvis Presley. He's got 21. How many mm. do you think Westlife have? 18. 16. 16. 16. 16 number, 16 number one singles. Most of them are covers, um, but that's fine. Uh, my Probably my favourite Westlife tune uh, is really the only one I can uh, that really jumps out at me when I think about their discography is What About Now? Okay, do I know that? What about now? What about today? That one. <laughs> Maybe know that? <laughs> It is a cover of uh, a song by Daughtry. Oh, okay. Which I did not realise. Jeez, how did <laughs> Louis Walsh find out about Daughtry? Well, he's mates with Simon Cowell, isn't he? And, and Chris Daughtry was on American Idol, so... Oh, okay. That was probably why. Uh, and yeah, they've also... They've covered tracks by ABBA, Billy Joel, Barry Manilow, Dean Martin and Josh Groban to great success. Um, but yeah, I don't know much about Westlife's discography, I must say. Uh, yes. Nor do I know much about their solo discography either. I know Nicky Byrne is uh, often a feature of Soccer Aid every year. <laughs> Soccer Aid, where Sergio Pizzorno <laughs> from Kasabian once lobbed David Seaman. <laughs> In one of the greatest goals I've ever seen. Westlife, yeah, don't know a great deal of their stuff. I think the cover of Uptown Girl is horrible. Oh, yeah. All their covers are, are pretty dreadful. Like, the cover of Mandy by Barry Manilow is... Oh, God. Did, did they do You Raise Me Up as well? Yeah, they did. Which, which is already just a horrible song, because <laughs> uh, there's sentiment involved. <laughs> yeah, that's Boyzone and that's Westlife. And then Louis started to branch into TV via Irish pop stars and would go on to battle the man, the myth, the legend, Rick Astley's producer, Pete Waterman. <laughs> In the classic series, Popstar The Rivals, which spawned Girls Aloud, of course, one of the great debut UK singles, Sound of the Underground, and also One True Voice, uh, who had a song. Um, I have no idea who One True Voice are, nor did I know that Girls Aloud came from a TV show. Yes, uh, that, that, is a, like, that is a classic uh, series. That's when, like... Uh, talent shows were a bit more light-hearted and had less cult- less cultural capital. Um, <laughs> yeah, but- because um, I think we'll probably get into this a bit more with, like, we're talking about the X Factor, but was it Pop Idol that sort of started this big singing talent show boom, or was it uh, Pop Stars, The Rivals? Yeah, I don't know the chronology. Because um, mm. I remember Will, obviously Will and Gareth being a massive, Will v Gareth being a massive yeah. thing. Uh, but I can't remember what came first. We're ju- we're showing our young age here. <laughs> well, you're you're probably around about the right age to remember Pop Idol. I am not. That completely passed me by. Uh, X Factor was the big thing when I was. Well, it was the big sort of cultural thing when I was growing up. I was more of a Strictly Come Dancing kind of guy. Mm. So, I I honestly don't think it ever got better than Will v Gareth <laughs> and maybe the first series of Fame Academy because oh, that God. was like a little bit different. Was that Lamar? Um, yeah, Lamar was on fact. David Snedden won that first Who series. Who the hell is David Snedden? <laughs> I think Lamar came third. Yeah. Uh, but that first series win. of... Definitely, yeah. Will v. Gareth, that first series of Fame Academy, fantastic stuff. And they had a live like live cameras in the Fame Academy 24-7 on the red button. Great stuff. <laughs> um, 
So Louis has was on and off with the X Factor since its inception, leaving for various personal and professional reasons, including that time that Brian Friedman, the creative director of the show, was a judge for about really? five minutes. Um, I don't remember that. He also left briefly in 2005 because Sharon Osbourne threw some water in his face. <laughs> uh, I was, I mean, no offense to Sharon, but how was she on that show? Uh, I loved Sharon as a judge. Really? Yeah. I think she's great as a judge, but what what are her credentials apart from <laughs> managing her husband? <laughs> she's entertaining. Oh, uh, fair. I mean, it's, Piers Morgan ended up on Britain's Got Talent with absolutely no credentials. Oh, that so. and that's the golden era of Britain's Got Talent as well. <laughs> Amanda Holden. What were they thinking? Cal Holden Morgan. And who's the fourth one? No, that was when there were three. Oh, was, oh then it was they, just three. Then okay. Morgan left, and they brought in Michael McIntyre. <laughs> And uh, Walliams was in it for a bit, oh, wasn't yeah, he? Oh, he was there for a couple of years, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love talent shows. Um, <laughs> now, uh, it, it wouldn't be bad things without mentioning that Louis only has one win on it the entire time <laughs> he was on The X Factor, and that was with Shane Ward. Not a bad act to have as the winner. Yeah. Your only yeah. win. His, um, first and single, had... his first single is incredible. Yeah. That's, That's my, my goal. goal. Oh, love that. So I'm not here to say I'm sorry. I'm not here to lie to you. Oh, I love that song. Um, what was I going to... Where was I? What am I doing? <laughs> I'm sorry, I've completely distracted just, you. With, just with just, just thinking Ward. about Shane Ward. Um, <laughs> Louis had a cavalcade of niche acts, and he often puts people through just because he thinks they have something. Interesting, interesting word. Something. They've definitely got something. What what that something is, we'll get into a bit later. So that's all I have for Louis Walsh. Uh, apart from the fact he grew up in a town called Kilty Mac, uh, which is quite funny. Um, have you got any additional info you want to bring up on Louis, or are we getting into our first act of the night? Uh, no, I think well, I think it bears mentioning how little there is out there on him for such a, a man in the public eye. His his personal life is is a mystery. Um, and you know has often been speculated on in uh, the press particularly the tabloid press but yeah there really isn't that much out there about this guy despite the fact that he's clearly absolutely loaded uh and is behind two of the biggest uh british well british irish uh pop acts of the 21st century so um yeah it's very odd very strange that that when you compare him to simon cowell um the private lives are very, very different. <laughs> what could you mean by that? <laughs> I'm saying nothing. So on that note where we sort of beat around the bush, uh, <laughs> let's do the classic Dermot O'Leary point to the stage because it's time for our first contestants of the night, Jedward. Yay. So, Jacob, the prehistory of Jedward, what haven't they done? <laughs> I mean, uh, Jedward are an absolute enigma. Like, don't like. I think it's it's almost comical to say this now, with you know eleven years of hindsight. But at the time, they were two of the most famous people in the entire country. I don't think that's a, an overstatement. Um, <laughs> I want it to be an overstatement, but I, yeah, I I don't think it is. They. Yeah. They were everywhere for yeah. the usual fifteen minutes. Yeah, because um, this is like X Factor at the peak of its of its powers. 
So you think in this series, you didn't only have Jedward, you also had Ollie Murs in this series, you had Stacey Solomon in this series, both of whom have gone on to be very successful. Uh, you also had Lucy Jones, who uh, represented the UK at Eurovision in 2017. Uh, and my boy, Jamie Archer, also known as Jamie Afro. Oh my god, the the guy, the man who could only sing rock. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Kings of Leon guy. So this was an absolutely stacked series, and this was... You know, it hadn't quite jumped the shark just yet. We, we'd come off the back of successes like Leona Lewis and Alexandra Burke, uh, JLS. This was the year before One Direction, wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Mm. Um, and th- th- you've, you haven't mentioned the winner of the series. <laughs> because there's nothing, to, there's nothing to say about him. Daniel Johnson, who went on to do a few, I think, This Morning gigs. <laughs> This um, is Daniel, Daniel with a Y, right? Yes, and uh, there was a big thing about him being bi. Oh, the, oh, the horror. No. Oh, dear. Um, so, identical twin brothers. Oh, I did write their names down in the script. Yes. Um, John Paul Henry Daniel Richard Grimes. Bloody and hell. Edward, and Edward Peter Anthony Kevin Patrick Grimes. Bloody were born <laughs> Were born in Dublin. Uh, the twins competed in school talent shows during their school years. And were inspired by, and you might have got this from some of their performances, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, and the Backstreet Boys. Mm. Um, and <laughs> this this is why I was saying, what haven't they done? Because they were also members of various athletics clubs <laughs> in and around Dublin. They competed in several Irish athletic tournaments, and they were also once game testers. What? Yeah, they, they I think they tested for Xbox. What? So <laughs> Oh, you know that if they were around now then they would definitely be like YouTube stars and they'd be all over TikTok. Yeah, there we will talk about their YouTube channel, but uh there's there's less going on than I thought there should be. Yeah, if they were um, growing up now, you know they would be all over the internet. Yeah, uh wow, uh these guys um but yeah, let, let's let's not downplay them. Like they they are they are singers, sort of, <laughs> uh, athletes, and also game testers. So behind the sort of facade of them not really having a clue what's going on in the real world, they're clearly like quite bright guys. Oh, yeah, they're very savvy. I don't I don't think anybody makes this much money without being savvy. But yeah, let's go back to the start, and uh, it's the X Factor two thousand and nine. And uh, the audition process for this year is on uh, a stage, which always used to annoy me because I used to love the silence <laughs> of the uh, of the room auditions. What are oh. you more of a room or a stage auditions guy? Uh, well, let's let's get this out of the way first. I, I have never seen a full series of the X Factor. I was okay. I wasn't really allowed to watch it when I was growing up because my parents didn't really like it, but they let us watch Britain's Got Talent. Uh, I don't really know what the difference is there, but hey-ho. So I've never seen a full series, but from the videos I've seen, because obviously I've seen some of the legendary auditions, um, the room where they're just sort of in like a like a sort of school, sort of hall room with nobody there. Uh, is, <laughs> I think you mean the O2. <laughs> is, uh, is absolutely brutal, because it's literally just them... And the judges, and especially with Simon, like they don't hold back, and it is just horrible to watch sometimes. Uh, I think the uh, the ultimate example of this is the two guys that sang "Mysterious Girl." <laughs> yes, 
just... Come on, move your body. Come on, move your body. <laughs> it's just, it's just horrible. Um, I but... I want to talk more about the X Factor audition process, but I feel like there's another episode <laughs> in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. the the X Factor audition process is a complicated beast uh, and probably. Uh, a very morally dubious one as well. But I quite like the stage element. I like the crowd um, getting involved. Uh, I don't think this audition would have gone over nearly as well without the crowd. So I think I'm in favour of it. Uh, I am not. Bring back the silence. <laughs> so how you feeling tonight? Can a party, huh? Yeah, hey, right. a party. Hey, guys. Uh, who have we got here? Uh, we're twins. I'm Edward. I'm John. And we're 17. And we're from Dublin. So, Jedward, they arrive on stage and begin talking in faux American accents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Simon picks up on this straight away. He's like, "What are you doing? Just be Irish." In a in a classic moment of Cal conservatism, he says, "Why are you talking in American accents?" Be Irish, <laughs> whatever that means. Um, and, and once again, I don't want to downplay Jedward's intelligence here because they, they respond to one of Cheryl's questions. Uh, where do you see yourself in 15 years' time? Did you pick up on their response here? <laughs> their response was incredible. Uh, they said, I see, my, I see myself as older. Which is a very Beatles-esque kind of witty yeah. response. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, you know, they are 17 years old at this point. And they've gone on stage in front of a national TV audience and they've given a very funny response to, to this question. Um, Simon hates it, obviously, because he hates all those who defy him. Um, but I thought it was quite funny. There's cuts to Louis, who looks like he's salivating, basically, <laughs> at the prospect of managing these guys. He may as well just have, like, dollar signs in his eyes or euro signs, maybe. Just like a cartoon, because he, he, he is in love with these guys immediately. Oh, that weird face he pulls where he's just smiling repeatedly. Oh. He smiles with his entire face. Like, his whole <laughs> head is a smile. That's why he's kept so young, clearly. <laughs> So Jedward uh, perform a very unrefined rendition, that's putting it lightly. That's a very kind way of putting it. Oh my God. Uh, School talent show worthy performance of As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. Uh, There is no retrieving this performance. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bad thing. It's... Oh God. I don't. I don't think I quite anticipated how bad at singing they were going to be. They before Brian Friedman got involved, uh, <laughs> Jed, Jedward were going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Simon puts a stop to it after a maybe twenty seconds. Uh, in that classic way that he does, where he just sort of waves his hand and and the godlike powers he possesses puts a stop to everything. 
um, which I was very grateful for because it meant I didn't have to listen to any more of them singing. And Simon's conclusion is not very good and incredibly annoying. <laughs> My favourite part of this is that he was, um, he said, you are two of the most annoying people I've ever seen, especially you. And we cut to one of the twins. I have no idea which one it is. I still have no idea who, it, like, yeah. it, like if who you, knows. If you somehow haven't seen a pictures of Jedward, impossible to tell them apart. They are the, the most identical, identical twins I have ever seen. So they get through three to one I know. Oh my with, God. with Cal, the, the god that he is, being the only voice against. Did you, um, did you get this from, from Cal? Louis says, they're cheeky. Simon's response is, not cheeky, annoying. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and... Uh, Cal's insults are about to get a whole lot worse oh. as we work our way through the the series. So good. And hoping to carry on the winning streak is the next team. Girl group Misfits, soloist Sean Paley, and twin brothers John and Edward. John and Edward, how are you feeling about today? We're feeling really good. How are you? Well, I'm fine, but I'm not auditioning today. Boot- so Jedward are through, and we are on to boot camp, and I was pissing myself. <laughs> Who the fuck is Sean? <laughs> I don't remember any of these people. Um, so there's so can, again because I've never seen a full series. How does boot camp work? Uh, it, the the format changed quite regularly, but essentially people would be clumped together to perform a song, mm. and then they. But it was competitive, but also you had to work as a team, which is mm. kind of like a good job interview kind of thing to do. Um, yeah. It's like when you, when you go to a group interview and they're like, Oh, you know, sell, sell me on this other person. Tell me why they should get the job instead of you. Oh God, our system. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And then they would all stand on the stage after some consultation and the decision would be made. Uh, right, that was okay. the basis of boot camp. Um, which like, oh, we've got another stage to go before the show as well. It's just like, content overload um but jed would have teamed up with sean and a group called misfits being ms fits um as as if she was an american school teacher um sounds like one of the teachers in greece too <laughs> oh misfits misfits oh gee edward <laughs> um Jed would give a massive middle finger to collaboration uh, when one of them does a crazy front flip to right. get the attention of the judges. So this this front flip, he I don't again insert name of Jedward twin here. He does this front flip. It's amazing. It gets zero reaction from anyone. <laughs> like, I'm happy with that because really? you're supposed to be working as a team. Sean, I mean, quite interestingly, you became invisible. Um, Can I just say something, just quickly? Yes. You, you, they sang over my over what I was singing. I didn't. He did, and you sang over I theirs didn't. as well. That was not fair. That's not what we rehearsed. And it gets worse, because uh, Jed would fuck everything up, and our, our favourite Sean 
has a massive go at them. Yeah, Sean is not happy because they sing over her bit. <laughs> a shocking, shocking actions from Jedward. So predictable, but so shocking. And well, that's, uh, the, si- that's the thing. It's like you said, you know, this is a competitive show. So, you know, you have got to stand out. And the judges say as much <laughs> in this uh, in this uh, clip. They're like, yeah, we know that you've got to work together. But equally, you've also got to stand out. So I don't have that much of a problem with it. Like, obviously, it's it's morally wrong. But the whole thing is, is morally wrong. You are competing against these people. And so, so yeah, you've got to sort of stick your flag in the ground. Simon's rhetoric gets uh, increasingly worse. This time we've got uh, nasty, selfish prats, to which Louis responds with, um, in one of perhaps his uh, faux pas, (laughs) innocent children, Simon. (laughs) They can do no wrong in his eyes, immediately. His his smiling eyes. (laughs) His his Euro sign eyes. Uh, Sean gets the boot because she was nice, obviously, and it's 2009. <laughs> and Jed would go through. Um, and then si- uh, we- we've had some great insults on this series already. Um, I think back to the alphabet soup line from <laughs> I Want to Marry Harry. Uh, did you get down what Simon said uh, about Jedward as the uh, audition came to a close? Uh, is this the, the... Was it they'd step on their own mother's head to get a hit? <laughs> Is that a regular analogy? <laughs> There's so much, so many logistics to that. Why is their mother lying down with their with their head on the floor? What's Just, going on here? What scenario has occurred for this to happen? <laughs> it all rests on the final performance. Hey lads, off you go. You are my fire, the one desire. And now it's time for judges' houses, and who wouldn't want to go to Louis Walsh's villa? Jedward are not happy with their performance at judges' houses of I Want It That Way, despite being a massive improvement on their preceding ones. (laughs) Really? Do you think this is an improvement? Uh, Okay, maybe a slight improvement. Um, Some of the the Friedman magic has been introduced. (laughs) I thought this was horrible. (laughs) They start crying. Um, on on the steps of the villa with uh, with Dermot O'Leary, um, <laughs> but in an unsurprising turn, Louis ditches Project A, <laughs> which is uh, just a horrible name for a group to be eliminated at judges' houses with, and goes with Jedward. I uh, could did you hear any of Project A's? Singing. I, di- I didn't. Was it okay? They were way better than fucking Jedward, I'll tell you oh, that. Oh, wait, w- w- was this on the same video? I think it might have been. Uh, I think there was a little clip of them, yeah, in this video. I also watched their uh, their actual full performance. They're not bad. They're pretty good. They're better. <laughs> what I'm saying is, they're better than Jedward. Um, <laughs> but in Louis's own words, he saw something in you that none of the other judges saw. And it's called Euros. <laughs> 
so many euros. Can I just say how devastating it must have been for Project A to go back and watch this and be like, we lost to them. Yes, but at the same time, it, it is an obvious money-making choice. Like, if, you, if you're looking at it from that terribly immoral perspective... Mm. It's the it's the obvious choice. Yeah, I like I don't remember Project A, and they were in a video that I watched. <laughs> well, I think yeah, the thing is that Louis, uh, and this is a comment that actually gets said later on. Louis doesn't always see this as a singing competition. He sees it as a pop star competition, mm-hmm. uh, and he says as much in I think he says it in boot camp. He says to Jedward, "You look like pop stars," and. To their credit, they look more like pop stars than most of the other acts on this show who just look like, and this is a horrible way to put it, normal people. How lovely of you. <laughs> but you know what I mean. They, Jed would have a certain... Your, your man Jamie wouldn't be happy with, uh, with hey, that. Uh... Jamie Afro looks like a pop star. Come on. That hair. That is pop star hair. If only he could sing pop songs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, literally, but most of the judges' comments going forward are going to be, oh, yeah, you're pop stars, but you can't sing. Yeah. So look forward to those repetitions as we we go down what we have now. Uh, seven weeks of Jedward oh. to discuss. So Jedward have made it to the live show. And week one, it's time for a Robbie Williams number, Rock DJ. Descending from the rafters, it's Jedward. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Reminds me of that time Daffy came down on uh, Nevermind the Buzzcocks from the, from the rafters. Daffy on Nevermind the Buzzcocks was an absolute delight. Oh, I miss those days. Oh, Love you, Simon Amstel. Simon Amstel. So I have, like, no notes on the performance itself. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you do. Um, um, I've put this is their worst yet vocally. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure a lot of the moves were massive, like even for Jedward standards, massively out of time. Oh, horrendously. They're, they are out of breath at some points because obviously they can't keep up with like the choreography and the singing at the same time. Uh, I have put, thank God they're finally dressed differently because up until this point they've been wearing identical outfits. So now I stand at least a chance of knowing who they are. What, um, was, what was their outfit for this one? Um... I can't remember. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> Just according to my notes, they were wearing different clothes uh, to each other. But um, I, 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 like, I think that the, the biggest problem they have, well, apart from they can't sing, is that they lack confidence. They they seem very nervous doing the dance moves and, and t- putting them in time to the music. But to their credit, they're 17. This is their first major performance on like a, a live TV show uh, with an audience of, you know, X Factor was pulling in. It must have been, you know, sort of millions and millions of people every week. So I mean, if, if you weren't watching it, you were essentially an irrelevant human. So <laughs> that was me. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, Louis loves it, I think, is the uh, is the main takeaway from this. Did you get some of the judges comments? 
Uh, I have Simon's. Okay. Oh no! I d- oh no! Hang on! I have Danny's as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, she suggests that they've been causing a ruckus in the house because they've been stealing house food, <laughs> which you would do at seventeen. Oh, so absolutely. Yeah, they are definitely like if they if they went to uni, they'd definitely be just you know completely um, liberal with the butter. Oh, they'd be the worst. Imagine that milk Jed oh, would nick God. at university, and they halls. would never, never, ever buy any. Thankfully, we both drink soy, so we're fine. <laughs> La soy. <laughs> La soy. And then I've got Simon's comment, which maybe wouldn't float so well on TV now. Uh, Louis has put you through because you're Irish. Did you hear Louis' response to this? What was his response? <laughs> so Simon says, Louis put you through because you're Irish. And Louis says, people in Ireland can't vote. <laughs> that, that, and he, he, he points, it, points it out like it's an absolute travesty. <laughs> Uh, my favourite comment was from Cheryl, uh, who says, you can't sing, uh, and it's not your fault you're in the final 12. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the torture that you're about to face. What a horrible thing to say. And Cheryl was involved in Sound of the Underground, so she can say whatever she wants. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Cheryl and Danny are meant to be the nice ones, and even they can't find anything good to say about Oh, them. I... I'm I'm pitching for Danny to be in the Hall of Fame. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like as we okay. go forward, yeah. Interesting. Especially some of the Wagner comments. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, okay, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that. for Jedward is probably my favourite <laughs> um, I can't remember the song they sing um, it's it's Oops I Did It Again oh that's it yeah uh, the dancing motorbike riders are hilarious yeah cat suits and bike helmets uh, in a sort of uh, Kill Bill style yeah it's meant to uh, be but a bit more sexualised it's very sexualised uh, and are they based? Are they like grinding up against some of the women at some point? Oh, um, <laughs> did you catch the start of this where they tried to say the word "yeah" and didn't do very well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know the start of the song is like "yeah, yeah, 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 yeah," <laughs> and they're just like "yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jedward! Oh my God! Um, yeah, I've also put, um, <laughs> this is the worst vocally. <laughs> yeah, I, I could, I could sort of, sort of agree with that. Um, and we've got to talk about the, the elephant in the TV studio. Uh, they somehow find themselves behind the judging desk mm. and, uh, begin to talk about a bracelet. Edward, before you go, I want to give you something. Oh, it's beautiful. But wait a minute, isn't this? Yeah, yes it is. But I thought the old lady dropped into the ocean yet. Well, Edder, I went down and got it for you. Oh, you shouldn't have. What the fuck is this? <laughs> I mean, I assume it's the, it's a scene from Titanic. 
Oh, is it? Well, yeah, because oh. Titanic is a like you know, there's the the jewel and there's the old lady, um, but no one in Titanic is called John or Edward and, or Brittany or Brittany. <laughs> I I have absolutely no idea what this was meant to be, but it was really weird. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they talk rather incoherently about a bracelet that was dropped in the ocean by an old lady. Yeah, w- um, which adds up in, in my Titanic theory, but I haven't seen Titanic, so... Neither have I, because obviously I've seen no films. Because it's a film, yeah. <laughs> uh, Walsh is not actually present for this episode because of the death of Stephen Gately. Mm. Um, but that doesn't stop Cal from uh, laying into Jedward. Uh, did you get some of his uh, comments here? Uh, my initial reaction was, what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to fix this bloody motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> trying to ride this motorcycle without bloody well killing myself. <laughs> That's the quote. <laughs> then probably my best, uh, the, probably the best quote of the whole show. Uh, arguably, actually, not arguably, that was the worst live performance I've ever seen. <laughs> but he says that every week. <laughs> Does I just love that he's like, arguably, and then he's like, actually, no, there is no argument here. That was the worst. And uh, he, of course, uh, compares their performance to one of the finest examples of the horror genre uh, (laughs) by saying it was like his experience of watching The Exorcist. Yeah. Which I've also not seen. (laughs) Because it's a film. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he also says that they're living on another planet. (laughs) Which will play into their subsequent projects. Yes, yes, it will. Uh, but somehow they get through. <laughs> they get through again. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> Week three, she bangs. Talk to me. Tell me your name. You blow me up like it's all the same. You lit a fuse and now Coming from the crowd, it's Jedward, and they are accompanied by wacky, inflatable, <laughs> arm-flailing Jedwards everywhere. I really, really want one. You I What, think... a, a specific Jedward one? Yeah, yeah. I think when we eventually turn this into a money-making operation and we, we set up Bad Things HQ, we need some wacky, arm-inflatable, flailing Jedwards to welcome people in. Where would they fit? <laughs> outside, just disrupting pedestrian traffic outside oh. our offices in Soho. Fluttering in the rain. Yeah, just causing absolute havoc. Uh, on Poland Street. Everyone's got an office in Poland Street. <laughs> oh, we can only dream. Um, Louis's back and he gives them a standing ovation as the whole setup was basically a Louis Walsh fever dream, probably <laughs> making up for the weeks that he's missed. Yeah. Uh, did you catch that they um, they pulled a Robin Thicke and were singing through some women's legs? Uh, oh, were they? Oh, yeah. no, it's yeah, not in were, my notes. They were like lying down where these, these women sort of stood straddling them, dancing above them while they were, they were singing She Bangs. So they've obviously uh, been watching some sex therapy. Give you sex therapy. <laughs> oh, yes. What an episode. Um, Cal, Cal is even more exasperated this week. I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> he also says, I'm going to try to be constructive, but I'm struggling. 
He is a ledge. Oh, he's so good. Like, anyone who's got anything bad to say about Simon Cowell can get out. I mean, obviously... can get out the door. A lot of the things he's said to human beings over the years are terrible. Yeah, but Uh, all in the name of our entertainment, so that's fine. The 2000s. (laughs) Um, And Walsh uh, retorts by saying, Simon once signed an act called Zig and Zag, who I believe were puppets. Um... (laughs) Uh, And in a backhanded compliment, he says to Jedward, these boys are better. (laughs) Than some puppets. Were you watching this series when it came out? Yes, avidly. What was was your reaction to Jedward? Because I can see this getting old over, like, multiple weeks. In one short burst, I found it great, but over seven weeks, what was your reaction? Oh, yeah, when it gets to, like, week five, it's just ridiculous. Um... (laughs) And uh, yeah, my I kind of watched it sometimes with my mum and dad. They hated Jedward because they saw it more as a singing competition. Mm. Um, I, well, obviously, I looked forward to seeing Jedward every week. Come on, yeah, like so entertaining and, um, and different as well. So because I think the when with all these talent shows, when you get down to like the last few weeks, it's just oh, everyone's good. He's good. <laughs> she's good. They're yeah, just good. stop watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there's a bit of variety, it's a bit of spice, even if, you know, that spice is actually arsenic and it's going to kill you. <laughs> Jedward as arsenic. <laughs> well, Cal did say he can't do this anymore, so... <laughs> Reaching for the arsenic. No, Simon, no. We will rock you. Jeez, I dislike this song at the best of times. And here we are with Jedward doing the Five and Queen version to make it even worse. Oh, one of the worst covers of all time. We get goth Jedward because rock means goth in the X Factor's eyes. And it is rock week. Is that the theme? Yes, it's rock week this week. Oh, okay. Was that in... Solely to keep Jamie Afro happy. Uh, what, was he in this in week four? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. What, what a kick in the dick that would have been to kick him out before Rock Week. Yeah, and if he did stay in, you know, all the comments were just like, well, yeah, obviously it was going to be good, Jamie, because you're just rock, aren't you? <laughs> How is this a disaster? There's about four lyrics. Right? Yeah, they muck up one of the easiest pop songs of all time. Um, there's a ton of missed timings and forgotten lyrics. Forgotten lyrics. <laughs> Half the lyrics are the title of the song. Um, Cal's at his subtle best and suggests that uh, Jedward possibly destroyed Queen's legacy forever <laughs> with that performance. <laughs> Um, a great, a great comment from Danny here, where she says, "I think you needed a sat nav to help find your way back to the lyrics." <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like not being able to remember to, how to get to a supermarket you go to all the yeah. time. It's 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 one of the most famous songs in the world, and you fucked it up. 
And how many parties and stuff must they have been to where this has been played? Oh, my God. It was a song intentionally written by Brian May to help with fan interaction. Even I could give it a go, and it's the fucking pits. Another great comment from Simon. Uh, Louis says, They're two young kids living their dream, and Simon, quick as a flash, interjects with Nightmare. (laughs) Oh, Cal. Uh, but Louis also says they're energetic, they're exciting, they're everything the music business is about. <laughs> yeah, forget artistry, forget <laughs> sort of like emotional sentiment, just, you know, base emotions is uh, <laughs> what the industry is about. Yep. Um, and I, I was watching a review yesterday of the Black Eyed Peas' uh, The End, which came out uh, this, in the same year as this. Mm. And uh, similar comments were made about how it was totally devoid of any intellectual sentiment, but it was just really fun. So, um, what yeah, do you mean? Not... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh. Friday to Saturday, Saturday to Sunday. You want to talk about a shocker? I got a feeling. It's Week five, and as is tradition with the X Factor, it's Halloween week. Um, and Chedward are being chased by ghouls of the night as they become Ghostbusters. Um, did you get their opening dialogue? Um, was this where they were like, help me, Edward. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Don't be such a baby. Oh... Have, have their voices broken? Like, I don't want to be that guy on the internet, but like, have their voices broken? I don't really know. <laughs> what, during the performance? No, just in life. I mean, oh, I, okay. I, I say for myself, who's someone who's still not gone through puberty. <laughs> um, it's interesting I mentioned week five here because there's more pronounced booing at the end mm. here of this performance. Uh, Danny says the same thing for the 900th week in a row. Like, oh, is it a singing competition? Uh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Cheryl says, kids from three to ten adore you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one of the biggest... If I was a- an entertainment figure, that I could not be more insulted than by that comment. <laughs> but to be fair, like that is exactly the sort of um, audience they should be marketed as. And we'll see that in their actual studio releases, but... They are a fantastic Butlins act. When is the Jedward CBB story time happening? Oh, That's what I want to know. Fuck What's... yeah. Oh, in the Night Garden. That's the psychedelic CBB <laughs> show, isn't it? Am I right in saying this is the first week that they're actually called Jedward? Oh, is it really? They, they yeah. hadn't come up with that previously. Yeah, because the crowd chant Jedward at the end. Uh, and uh... Lily also calls them Jedward for the first time. So I think this is the genesis of the Jedward name. Oh, I, I, yeah, I didn't pick up on whether the announcements change as well through the mm. series. Uh, yeah, I, d- I didn't listen to any of the uh, the big booming voice guy. but um, <laughs> The wacky yeah. inflatable big booming voice guy. <laughs> um, did you get Simon's comments on this performance? Oh, he's turned, hasn't he? He's he no has. longer the exorcist. <laughs> he has turned like that little girl's head in the exorcist all the way around. Uh, and his comment is... This was sort of good. <laughs> yes, we've won him over. <laughs> that just reminds me of um, one of my lecturers at university 
um, he we we showed him a film that we'd made, and he sort of stood there in silence for a couple of seconds, and then said in like a really dry sort of New York Jewish accent because that was his voice. He was like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I uh, I almost like that." Oh, ouch! <laughs> And none of us knew what that meant. <laughs> I am um, almost like something. I remember someone telling me about a comment they got on an essay where uh, someone had, like, the teacher had just bracketed the entire, like, paragraph and <laughs> in the right hand side had just written, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's horrid. <laughs> So Cal's won over, and uh, the fans are still won over because we get to bloody week six, and they week still haven't six. been in the bottom two. <laughs> so many good singers have gone by this point. Jamie, Jamie Afro's gone. <laughs> Lucy Jones is gone. Oh my Wait, god! Was this the Katie? No, it was the next year. It was the Katie Waisel year? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't. Who is Katie? Katie Waisel? Um, a tortured soul. <laughs> oh, okay. Diana Vickers, I wonder what year she was. I'm just throwing out names now. Um, Week six, and once again, could not be a worse mashup for me in the course of human music history. We've got Ice Ice Baby slash Under Pressure. Ice Ice Baby probably being one of my least favourite songs, and Under Pressure being massively overrated. I would agree Um, with, yes, it is a very overrated uh, Queen track. So they burst through a paper wall and one of them basically falls over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless them. At this point, they're just trying so hard. They couldn't even burst through paper. (laughs) Literally couldn't sing their way out of a paper bag. Probably just did the side comments of that paper. It's just like, not really. Um, (laughs) So I'm not interested at all in what Jedward are doing, but I did notice, I love military style dancing uh, (laughs) because obviously I love MJ, the reprobate. And um, I was watching that for most of the performance. Uh, Apparently there was an intruder at one point. I didn't see them. Yeah. What? Somebody burst on stage? Yeah, they (laughs) burst through the paper. Um, I didn't see this. Yeah, there were some comments made about an intruder. Oh, okay. I, I I didn't notice anything. All oh, right. Do you um, remember when um was it during Britain's Got Talent where that woman came on stage <laughs> and threw eggs at Simon Cowell? I watched that clip <laughs> recently. <laughs> it was on the recommended of some of the videos. The best bit is that she's just smiling the whole time she's throwing the eggs. She's, she's got a big the... Louis smile going on. <laughs> she's having the best time of her life. Was she was she like a violinist or Yeah, was she... she was in one of the orchestras. Fair play. <laughs> She votes green, definitely. <laughs> How dare you. So Danny challenges challenges Louis' definition of Queen Week, and when we get to Wagner, I will be challenging his definition of Beatles Week as well. <laughs> um, and Simon has come to a compromise now. Um, he's sort of been turned around, um, and he says, I have to judge you in Jedwood land. 
essentially continuing uh, an accidental marketing of what will become <laughs> Jedward's first album. Mm. Uh, this was your best performance to date. They fell over. <laughs> One of them fell over. <laughs> but like he says, he says, I can't judge you in the real world anymore. Because <laughs> this is like, you know, he's obviously devised this format and he must have known the risks of like, people voting for the jokes but no joke act has ever got this far in x factor up until this point and probably ever again so he's just sat there like probably questioning his entire business decision at this point <laughs> like this is his golden creation and the british public have turned it into a laughing stock yeah i've got millions of pounds but i've still got loads of work to do to refine <laughs> my business <laughs> Well, they get through again. Oh, my God. <laughs> week seven uh, is George Michael week, because I think uh, maybe George Michael uh, was doing a performance or something the following night. Oh, uh, I have um, no idea. But um, I didn't know this was uh, George Michael week. We get another mashup because Jedward don't know how to do full songs. Um, <laughs> even in the context of the X Factor, where songs are reduced to about two and a half minutes anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I've put here, George Michael is spinning in his grave seven years before he actually died. Huh? <laughs> we, we get I'm Your Man and Wham Rap. Mm. Um, there's a shot of Louis singing along to I'm Your Man, <laughs> which is just great. Uh, Jedward are raised on a platform and one of them nearly falls off. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Has this guy got problems with his ears or something? Is he okay? <laughs> Second week Balance really issues. I have no comments, more comments on the performance. <laughs> Once again, this is all about the judges for me. Mm. Um, and this, this, this is so accidentally hilarious. Louis says, this is what young kids like, to which Daddy retorts, you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Louis's like, yeah, I do know, because I've been hanging out with Jedward. <laughs> Do you imagine them going to a skate park or something? How weird would that be? I think the best comment for me here is Simon, who says, um, it wasn't George and Andrew, it was Andrew and Andrew. Which is so horrible <laughs> to Andrew. <laughs> Poor Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> no matter what they tell us No matter what they do No matter what they teach us So finally, Jedward are in the uh, the survival uh, section of the show. They're in the bottom two, mm. and Louis massively fucks up. 
he gives them the boys' own ballad, no matter what, to sing. Yeah. How is a vocal heavy song going to help them stay beyond them looking a bit sad? Yeah, I mean, the lyrics are very apt for this because it's all about, you know, being who you are in the, the face of adversity and and letting your personality shine through. Uh, but yeah, they managed to fuck up the lyrics again. <laughs> And this There's is no... actually a lyric-heavy song, finally. Yeah, well, yeah, before, like, up until this point, they've hid behind the smoke and mirrors so much, but now, pff, we've gone right back to the start. We've gone right back to the audition territory. Oh, not good. Um, yeah. And we we get to... God, I'm sounding really sad here now. <laughs> uh, we get to the judge's decision. Simon actually says he'll miss Jedward, but boots them, obviously. Mm. Danny, for about two minutes, keeps rhetorically asking if it is a singing competition. <laughs> Yeah, Jedward um, have made Danny question the entire format of the program. <laughs> um, she comes to the same conclusion anyway, boots them, and mm. then Jedward get a standing ovation at the end of their X Factor journey. Yeah, can I just say, Louis Walsh, absolutely no shame. He puts them through, he votes for them. Yeah, because he's their act, that's what they used to do oh, on the X Factor. But like, it's against Ollie bloody Murs. <laughs> You can yeah. sort of sing. He's all right. Yeah. My can mum you... loves Ollie Murs. <laughs> he's a very mum-friendly act. He, he's on the back of her phone. <laughs> my, um, my nan once referred to him as Oily Murs in a conversation by accident. Oh, I thought she meant that he had sort of an oily complexion <laughs> or something. No, she just didn't know who his, She just didn't know how to pronounce his name. Oily Merz. That's a band, that is. I know, yeah, tell me about it. Come to you straight away. No one has polarised opinion and no one has created so many headlines as you guys. How has the experience been for you? I feel kind of crazy, but, you know, Ollie deserves to go through. You know, he's he shouldn't be in the bottom two. So I hope Stacey and Ollie go all the way. And how's the experience been for you? I know it's been, like, the greatest experience of my life. Like, we're here every single weekend on live television and just having the greatest time of our life. You enjoyed it? It's like deadly it's like so cool it's probably the coolest place to be in the world hey guys louie these guys have got a lot of potential haven't they what's next for them i've had the best time working with these i feel young again i want to thank everybody for voting for them. we've had an amazing time and i'm so glad i put them through and thanks to all the other judges for so we me. get the big send-off for jedward louie says i feel young again <laughs> And that is it for Jedward on The X Factor. What a cultural phenomenon. And thank goodness they didn't go any further. (laughs) I, yeah, would agree with that. I think they went out at exactly the right time. But you know what? Fair bloody play to Jedward for getting that far uh, without without a single ounce of singing talent in their bodies. (laughs) Well done. Fucking well done. As Cheryl said, I'm sorry you're on this show. (laughs) But what did Jedward do after the X Factor? Well, there's a little bit more to discuss here. Um, It wasn't quite 15 minutes of fame. Uh, We've got bits and pieces to add on to the end of their story there. And we're going to start off by discussing their 2010 studio album, which pains me to say that they even had one, Planet Jedward. So 
Planet Jedward was released to horrendous reviews. I nearly thought that we should listen to all of this, but I did not in the end. I am. Um, I did. Oh wow! Good, good on you. <laughs> Mercifully, it was thirty-five minutes long, so just I... an early Beatles album. Yeah, basically, um, it's horrible. It's utterly, utterly horrible. Uh, a lot of the tracks are, are the tracks they did on um, the X Factor. So there's a studio version of Ghostbusters. There's a studio version of Rock DJ. They also did a version of Teenage Kicks by The Undertones. <laughs> I bet The Undertones loved that. <laughs> yeah, Fergal Sharky. Um, can I talk about some of the lyrical alterations they made? Please do. I, I'm on tenterhooks. <laughs> So uh, they have Everybody by the Backstreet Boys. Uh, so instead of Backstreet's Back All Right, it's Jedward's Back All Right. Uh, in For Ghost- a bit. Uh, in Ghostbusters, um, instead of Who You Gonna Call Ghostbusters, it's Who You Gonna Call John and Edward. Oh, well, not even Jedward, the full name. Yep, the full name. Uh, they do a version of Fight For Your Right by the Beastie Boys. Uh, and one of the lines in that track is, your mum threw away your best porno mag. Uh, in the Jedward version, they bleep the word porno. <laughs> Where's the rare explicit version? <laughs> uh, they also changed Beastie Boys to Jedward Boys. Oh, Louis uh, Boys. <laughs> uh, and they also do a version of I Like to Move It by Real to Real. Oh, I uh, hate that song so much. <laughs> Uh, where they add their own lyrics, uh, including the line, I've got ants in my pants, ants in my pants, ants in my, ants in my, ants in my pants. <laughs> new, 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 <laughs> Um So, yeah, this was, a, this was horrible. This was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I only took in the singles here, so they redid Under Pressure, Ice Ice Baby again. The video for this is essentially the week six performance in studio form, yeah. and fucking Vanilla Ice is there. Now that the party is jumping, with the bass kicked in and the Vegas are pumping, quick to the point, to the point, no faking, cooking MCs like a pound of bacon, burning them, you're not quick and nimble, I go crazy when I hear a cymbal and a hi-hat with a souped up tempo, I'm on a roll, time to go so how much does Vanilla Ice vote for Donald Trump? I think <laughs> is the real question. <laughs> Can you imagine waking up every morning and remembering that you're Vanilla Ice? He seems to love it, doesn't he? Yeah, that's the saddest part. I don't think he knows. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they get into a bit of back and forth. They challenge for camera time and Vanilla Ice randomly has some... Uh, Spray paint, so he graffitis the entirety of the camera. So uh, we lost valuable camera equipment there to <laughs> Jedward and Vanilla Ice. I'm just hoping they did like they did in the room and uh, they didn't rent the camera equipment. They bought it all. <laughs> Renting and then just destroying. <laughs> um, and uh, covering me from the uh, school 2009 spring concert, they did all the small things. I couldn't believe this. It's the Nathan Packham song. It is. It is my song. Um, not surprised they chose it because it's bloody easy to sing. <laughs> well, that hasn't that hasn't helped them in the past. 
<laughs> we will rock you. <laughs> we will rock you. We rock we. Was that an attempt at Irish singing there? It, it, it began as one, and then I realised that we've offended the Irish people enough during this episode, so I stopped. It's not the 2000s. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, all the Small Things video, they decided they wanted to make their own video, so this is what happened. A lot of it is a single ladies parody because that was kind of big cultural capital at the sign. Mm. And then it looks like some of the girls from Lesbian Vampire Killers turn up at one point in the school. Uh, We've got the low cut tops back. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the same year. It is the same year, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the dynamic duos, Horn and Corden and Jedward. (laughs) What the fuck was British culture in 2009? I'm sorry, just... Between lesbian vampire killers and Jedward, what were we doing? <laughs> oh, thank God I had school to occupy me. <laughs> um, have you got any reviews of the album, Oh, Jacob? boy, do I. Um, <laughs> there are so many bad reviews. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with The Guardian. Um, Carol Sullivan's review. She said it would be stretching a point to say I'd ever want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. Um digital spy says um contains more crimes against music than the combined discographies of the cheeky girls phil collins and lou baker <laughs> i love that they put phil collins I, in right, there. phil collins so does, cruel does not deserve to be lumped in with cheeky girls jedward and lou baker thank you very much uh, and the Irish Independent said, burn it in the traditional sense <laughs> of the word <laughs> burn the entire thing um, I've got one from All Music as well. Okay, our Lord of Masters. Y- yes, this is Stephen Thomas Erlewine who does loads of their reviews. Hmm. Oh, of course it's terrible. It's designed to be terrible because that's what pisses parents off in 2010. Not noise, not gender bending, weird thing to say. <laughs> not sex, but pure bad taste. The kind of thing that provokes instantaneous instinctual recoil from anybody with good sense. Hmm. That's a very uh, um, succinct and eloquent way of putting it. Um, do you want such to... a good reviewer. Do you want to hear my pretentious music reviewer's review of this album? Have you written one down? I have. Is I've there re- Latin in it? <laughs> no, I'm not that pretentious yet. Um, do you want to hear it? Far away. Okay, I've put, it's kids' party music, the musical equivalent of an E number, lots of energy, <laughs> bright and colourful, but ultimately not very good for you. The E numbers return. <laughs> this is the blue smarties of music. <laughs> Were they the, the most E number heavy? The yeah, they got ones? rid of them for a bit. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. Kids just like checking into clinics. <laughs> um, so that was Planet Jedward. Um, and now something I'd totally forgotten about Jedward's history. We've got Jedward at Eurovision. Oh, how could um, you forget this? I totally forgot this. I I was like, why wasn't Lipstick on that first album? Mm. That's because it, there was another album called Victory, um, and Lipstick was on that, and it ended up becoming their Eurovision entry for the 2011 final in, of all German cities, Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf, yeah. Do you remember the British entry for this year? Um, was it Jade Ewan? No, it was not. Oh, who was it? It was Blue. Oh, okay, yeah. With I Can. I can, I will, I know, I can, untie the chest, get back up again. I can, I will, 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 I will
Uh, and we actually did really well that year. We got 100 points and we came hey. 11th. Um, came 11th. Yeah. Out of t- what is it, 26? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I said we did well. We didn't come last. So this is Jedward's first ever original song. Oh my god. <laughs> Lipstick. And how did it fare in the, the rankings? Uh, it didn't do incredibly well. It did fine. It finished 8th, uh, which was Ireland's best result in 11 years. Wow. Um, it is a standard propulsing Europop tune. Um, I don't know if you caught the video here, but it was just Jedward gallivanting around Paris. <laughs> Looked quite fun, to be fair. No, I haven't. I didn't see the video. I saw the live performance. Um, so what? They're this is 2011. They're 19. Yeah, 19. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, but fair, fair play to them to to get up and do this at the age of 19. Very, mm. very impressive. Um, and they're pretty refined now as well. There's no real mishaps happening. Hmm. Um, they don't fall great over. To see. And you'd think that'd be it, but Ireland was so enthused by Jedward's performance, they got them back for a second year. <laughs> I will never forget, I was in high school at the time, and one of my friends said the immortal words, Eurovision's meant to kill off your career. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great shout. <laughs> But yeah, they were they came back uh, the very next year with uh, a song I'd never heard before, Waterline. Yeah, can't remember how it goes. <laughs> uh, it's uh, every time I think they're singing Waterline, I think they're singing Borderline, uh, which just makes me want to listen what, to Tame Impala. What is a Waterline? I don't know. Isn't it like when when you're like a swimming pool? Isn't it like where the water's eroded away some of the side? <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Um, I've got some more facts about Eurovision 2012 because this was one of the best years of Eurovision ever. Uh, Apart from the controversy. What was the controversy? Well, the fact it was in Azerbaijan and oh. there were severe human rights <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we gloss over that. Eurovision Eurovision loves going to controversial countries. Um, do you remember our entry in 2012? Uh, no, but I expect once you tell me I will. This was the year of the absolute boy... Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> if you love someone, someone follow, follow your heart. Oh. love comes once if you're lucky enough. Though I'll miss you forever, the hurt will run deep. Love will set you free. I have um, I have two Engelbert stories. Oh, I think I know one of them. Okay, uh, this is probably the one you know. Uh, he was my mum's landlord at university. <laughs> he owned the house my mum lived in. 
Was uh, was that under him? Doesn't he have a different real name? He does, right? <laughs> you mean he doesn't go by Engelbert Humpertink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my second Engelbert story, uh, which relates to this song, I stayed up until midnight to buy this song on iTunes the day it came out. <laughs> Do you love this song? <laughs> I was just like, 2012 was probably the first real year I got into music. And I think I just happened to be awake anyway. And I saw that it was coming out and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to be the first person in the world to buy this song. So there's every chance I am the first person in the world that bought Love Will Set You Free <laughs> by Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, the non pre, who pre-ordered it to be fair, <laughs> And I love in 2012, you still didn't get to bed before midnight. Like, classic <laughs> Jacob Trey. That is classic Simmons, yeah. Uh, and also, this was the year of the Russian grannies at Eurovision. Oh, was this the Milkmaid's year? Guess not. Oh, I don't think it was the no, I don't year. think they were the same year. Um, I think, I think if, if uh, what's, the, what's the Engelbert song called? Uh, love Will Set You Free. Love Will Set I think if that had been released in the 50s or 60s, that would be an absolute pop standard now. Oh, yeah. It's it's a, such a well-written song for, for Engelbert's voice. And he's still alive! <laughs> My favourite thing was that um, Engelbert Humperdinck was older than some of the countries that were competing in Eurovision <laughs> that year. <laughs> How old is he? Is he getting on 90? Uh, no, I think he's... A, I think he's uh, edging on 80 uh, okay. I'd have to look that up but God, fucking Engelbert Humperdinck please oh. release me let <laughs> me go so good <laughs> we haven't spoken a word about Jedward but that's because the song's actually <laughs> quite that's un- because you bought this <laughs> bought the fucking song at midnight and it came out <laughs> this is why we're wrongers I got a Boyzone single at age 4 or 5 and <laughs> How is that the angriest you've ever got with me? Just go to bed. <laughs> it's still going to be there in the morning. <laughs> but we wouldn't have had this payoff eight years later. Fair play. I thank you to your 79p for that, <laughs> for that payoff. Um, Chidward came 19th in this oh. Eurovision. Oh, dear. And in the video, uh, they're gallivanting around Tokyo this time. <laughs> that famous European city. Um, any more on Eurovision 2012? <sighs> I, or... think that's, I think that's it. I dare not say any more. <laughs> Engelbert. <laughs> um, so we're going to jump forward now to 2019, because I have no Jedward information for the next seven years. <laughs> and uh, their fourth album uh, has recently been released. It was released last year, Voice of a Rebel. It has no standalone Wikipedia page. <laughs> Four albums. Four. There's going to be more albums. as well. They've done more albums than Cream. Oh my god, that's so bad. <laughs> and none of their songs are as good as Rapping Paper as well. We have our own place in Tara's building. So Tara's on the 10th floor and we are on the second floor. So if we ever need anything, we just... Go yeah. up the elevator. So Stacey, we actually had to go back and do a show for St. Patrick's Day. And then Tara was like, you guys got to come back. The last flights are, are happening. And then we Is came back. Is cancer? And then we, thankfully we made it, you know. And doing it here with Tara has been great because the sunshine and... And the and, boys have been incredible. They, and Tara's got great John, taste in movies. John, <laughs> Tara, Eric's 
when <laughs> my name's Edward. <laughs> I get confused with Jedward because I call them by their own name. But oh so yeah, what? Edward. What are Jedward doing in lockdown? Well, <laughs> it's the question you you've to... all wanted to know the answer to. Thank you to YouTube and Loose Women. I was able to find out. Jacob, what did I unearth here? <laughs> so, um, yeah, this was like, this was June 2020. So just over a month ago from when we're recording this, they were on Loose Women uh, and they're currently living in Hollywood <laughs> with Tara Reed. Uh, who is, I had to Google her, she's uh, she's in American Pie, and she's also in the Sharknado movies, so... Yep, keep I, an eye I know her, keep I know her from her. Sharknado, yeah. and she was in some Scrubs episodes as well. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. Mm. Okay, yeah, Tara Reid looks, she looks rough here. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she needs, uh, she needs help. Maybe that's just what living with Jedward does to you. No, I think Jedwards are the therapists. Oh, God. If your therapists are John and Edward... They're just bouncing off each other and you can't keep up. They've also been part of another recent cultural event. Uh, what did you discover? Was it The Sun you found this on? Yeah, um, a video surfaced of them at a Black Lives Matter protest in Hollywood. I, I don't want to question... I, I don't want to question their belief in the movement... <laughs> But what was this a trends thing, <laughs> or was this a genuine? Um, I don't. I, it seems pretty genuine. Like they've got the face masks on, so you're not immediately going to know who they are. Uh, they're giving it some gusto. I'd like to believe that uh, they their hearts are in the right place. What well, wasn't one of them on top of a car? Yeah, one of them's riding around on top of a car, which looks amazing. The ultimate image. (laughs) Jacob, unless you've got any more to say, that's it for Jedward. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This was a treat. This was an absolute treat to revisit this. Because, like I said at the top of this programme, they were, for a time, two of the most famous people in the entire country. And, you know, they were 17 years old. They got... So much stick in the papers and so much stick. Thank God that, you know, Twitter and uh, the internet wasn't as big as it was in 2009, as big as it is now. Um, They put up with it so well and they carried themselves so well. Not a single story of them being dicks to anybody. They're just two guys who just wanted to do their thing. And I think they knew they were shit as well. I think that's that's worth repeating like they they were told they were shit so many times they must have sunk in to at least a certain level and they just roll with it they knew what they were good at and they did it to a t so yes this is a bad thing but i'm really endeared to jedward now and good luck to them i say you say they seemed quite nice i did watch a clip of them on coach trip <laughs> and they were horrible to James oh, no. Jordan. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, they'd been a bust-up between James Jordan and them on a Big Brother series, I think. Oh, my God. Haven't they and... been on Big Brother twice? Yes, they've been on Big Brother twice. <laughs> and they basically refused to say hello to Ola Jordan, James's wife, mm. uh, because of this bust-up. And it carried on throughout the entirety of the episode. <laughs> um, okay, but at least they've not, like, you know, these petty arguments aside... Are we doing like a Robin Thicke scale of like? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, thus concludes our exploration of Jedward and the first part of our two-parter on Louis Walsh's boys. 
Join us in a week's time for part two as we delve into the greatest ever X Factor contestant, Wagner Fue. I think I hope I'm saying this correctly. Wagner Fueser Carrillo. Listen in for Nathan's favourite ever judge's house performance, Bloody Love Shack, and the Wagner <laughs> Facebook post that made Jacob cry. I'm so excited. Oh, God, it's going to be so good. <laughs> um, and we might have a special treat for you, and that is all I'm going to say. Oh. Um, before we go, a couple of plugs to make. We have finally started our corporate rock tournament. We have had match one of round one, which pitted Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone against Starship's We Built This City. Looks like Starship is going to go through. Mm. Um, if you want to get involved in that, the vote will be on uh, all... I think it's all of our channels. Am I correct, Jacob? Uh, yeah, well, I think... Um... Well, we sort of got it as a reaction thing. So the main vote will take place on Facebook, yeah. uh, which you can find us at. If you just if you just search for Bad Things, the podcast, we will be there. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Bad Things Pod. We're on Twitter at Bad Things Pod as well. Uh, make sure you check out all the amazing artwork that our incredible artist, Becky Stallworthy, has done for us throughout the episodes. Thank you to Becky. And thanks again to Jenny Pettican for upkeeping our social media. You can read a really wonderful article that she wrote uh, about living with disabilities on our Facebook page. Uh, it's a fantastic article and we're very grateful that Jenny let us share it on our feed. Yeah, thank you very much to Jenny. That was an extraordinary article. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great to discuss that with her uh, recently. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the corporate rock tournament, we don't care how you vote, just vote. We're voting for the worst one. If yeah. you somehow inexplicably like these songs, <laughs> then you can vote for your favourite. Um, but yes, we will be doing uh, one game a week. So uh, what what does that mean? Like 15 or 16 weeks? Of- yeah. Yeah, 15 uh, weeks. Until we crown the ultimate champion, <laughs> which will obviously be the final countdown, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll avoid that inevitability for now. And uh, all that's left to say is thank you, Jacob, for coming along on this Jedward ride with me. Um, and we will see you in a week's time uh, for Wagner. See you later, guys, and stay bad. Stay bad.